Hi, Shortcut to Slim listeners. It's your host, Lindsay S. Nixon from GetMealPlans.com, and the podcast is temporarily back to do a sort of season one follow-up, answering some of your questions and sharing experiences from listeners who tried things that they learned about in season one, and I'm sharing both good and bad experiences. And speaking of season one, if you enjoyed it, please rate it on iTunes. It really helps. So intermittent fasting became all the rage after season one, and now, almost a year later, I want to update with a few listener experiences, both good and bad. But before I begin, please remember that intermittent fasting isn't a quick fix, and it's not a magic pill. You still need to eat the right types of foods and not overconsume your calories because the one and only beautiful simple thing about weight loss is what? That's right. You have to have a caloric deficit. I also can't drive home enough that whatever it takes to lose weight is what it takes to keep it off. So think of intermittent fasting as just another tool in the toolbox. It's not universally effective or helpful, as you'll see from some of the testimonials. So let's think of it like a screwdriver. Incredibly helpful if you need to build IKEA furniture, but utterly useless if you have a clogged toilet. So when I asked the members to share their experiences with intermittent fasting, I found people either loved it or really loathed it. And most everyone sort of had the same benefits if they experienced a benefit, although the same could be said for the negativity. If they didn't have a good experience, that tended to be similar too. So I'm going to recap some of the benefits that people experienced. And you'll remember from season one, I said these benefits too. Here are the benefits. Elimination of hanger, feeling angry from being hungry. Stopping fearing of hunger, meaning realizing that hunger is not an emergency. It's okay, you can wait, you're not going to starve. Finding true hunger, curbed eating just because it's mealtime and more mindful eating in general. Better sleep, better bowel movements, stronger workouts, increased muscle mass, meaning reduced body fat, even without exercise. And then for those that did exercise, improved muscular strength, less recovery time, elimination of snacking, and particularly curbing the late night snacking. That was a big thing that everyone reported as a great, huge benefit. So here are the testimonials, their own words from people using the meal plans at Meal Mentor who are also practicing intermittent fasting or tried it at some point in the last year. If you're a member of Meal Mentor and you want to read all the testimonials, because I couldn't include every single one here, there is a link in the show notes that takes you right to the forum thread where this is. So visit getmealplans.com slash podcast to get the link to go right there. So here are the 12 or so that sort of captured what the gist of, of all the testimonials. First up is Becky. I started intermittent fasting in August. I lost six pounds in the first two weeks and by December was down 15 pounds. I maintain my eating window religiously even on vacation. I love it. Only thing I've ever done that got rid of those pesky last few pounds. Maureen. Since I began, my acid reflux has disappeared. I was on two medications, and now I'm not on any for reflux. I also stopped snacking at night, and I'm so proud and grateful for that. I sleep so much better. Gabriella, I have been doing intermittent fasting pretty consistently for three weeks, and I have gained weight. Maybe I am overeating now to make up for it. Let me pause quickly to say that overeating is a common problem with intermittent fasting, and it can cause some people to binge, even people who were never overeaters or binging in the past. The weight gain, however, could be muscle. 
if it's a tiny, tiny, tiny amount over a very long period of time. If it's something that's noticeable in three weeks, probably not. It probably is the over-consuming. But if it's a small, small increase, then it could just be a change in your body fat to muscle mass. Brooke's testimony really sort of explains this. Brooke wrote, I was in a one-year study looking at intermittent fasting and breast cancer risk. I gained weight over the course of the year, four total pounds, but my fat mass went from 36% to 25%, and my muscle mass went from 45 pounds to 52 pounds, and it wasn't from exercise. I was plant-based vegan for five years before the study and stayed plant-based vegan during the study. Beth, I find my workouts are way better while in fasting mode. Higher energy, which keeps going beyond my workout. I never would have thought that after being drilled about fueling your body to fuel your workouts. I too have to say I prefer hiking and snowboarding in a fasted state. I have more energy, can go longer, and I don't feel wiped out afterwards. I've also noticed my recovery time is dramatically faster, and oftentimes I don't even get sore, like at all. Even when I was on a three-week-long hike and doing insane amounts of miles every day, I just really never got sore. And for bodybuilders, bodybuilders who practice intermittent fasting tend to do it in their fasted state and then eat afterwards. And it makes perfect sense. Your body can better focus on the task at hand if you do it this way. It can build muscle or repair or focus on your performance if it's trying to do that and not trying to do that and digest food. Because remember, it's incredibly taxing to be digesting food, especially if you're doing it all the time. See season one for more information on that. The one exception, because there's a big steamy caveat in every episode, science is so humbling, but the exception here would be running, like really hard running or anything that's super intense in cardio, maybe even spinning for 45 minutes or longer. You don't want to do that in a fasted state simply because you're probably going to deplete your glycogen and then you're going to feel really bad or you're going to crash. You're going to hit that wall that you hear runners talking about, but any other kind of activity should be fine. Here are a few more testimonials. Tony, I feel more confident and in control, thereby having the strength to withstand poor food choices later in the day. Lisa, intermittent fasting causes me to binge at my first meal and or snarf on my last meal. Not all the time, but for someone like me who deals with emotional eating issues, I don't feel intermittent fasting works. Susan, I did intermittent fasting for a couple of months. There were some benefits like being better able to gauge true hunger and really appreciate my meals. However, in the mornings, I found myself relying on black coffee, which made me jittery. It also made me think about food all the time, and I felt like I was unreasonably denying and restricting myself. I don't have any history of an eating disorder, but I felt like I was going a bit far into excessive control territory. For anyone with an all-or-nothing type personality, I would suggest keeping tabs on whether intermittent fasting is positive for your emotional health. Samantha, intermittent fasting cut down my hangry pains, taught me to eat when truly hungry, not just because it was time. I've also noticed my blood sugar seems to have normalized. I no longer experience drops like I used to. Kelly, intermittent fasting was hateful. I tried it twice and I was a crazed mad dog each time I did it. I could think of nothing else but when it was time to eat, and then I pounced on my food like I'd never had it before. It was totally unpleasant for me. I couldn't see any real reason to put myself through that. Valentina. I started last May, and it changed my life. I feel amazing. The only downside is that I did not lose any weight, and at the beginning, I had some trouble with bowel movements. I also have noticed that when I eat outside my window, I feel starving, and my mind is really weak the next day. 
I'm going to pause really quickly because Valentina brings up another good point. Several people reported that if they stopped intermittent fasting for whatever reason, they decided it wasn't for them, they didn't like it, they were bored with it, they were going on vacation, whatever, the hanger came back. They started getting that angry hunger again. They also often experienced that bottomless pit sensation, particularly the next day, where they just could not get control over their hunger. They just couldn't be satiated. They were constantly hungry. Eventually, it went away, but that could be very troublesome right off the bat. And this seems particularly true. Like This seemed to happen the most to people when they stopped eating any time outside of their normal window. For example, like they'd been following intermittent fasting for a while, but then decided to eat breakfast early one day because it was a brunch, or they ate late because they went to a movie and got home late, or they got stuck at work. But particularly, it was starting the window earlier that seemed to really set people off on this bottomless pit. So that's definitely something to keep in mind kind of goes back to that. This is a life commitment. Whatever it does, whatever you do to lose weight is what it takes to keep it off. And um, one quick little anecdotal thing I want to throw in is that when I was really suffering from insomnia, I realized often at times it was because I was eating too late at night. So if there's anyone out there who struggles with sleep, definitely, definitely stop eating a few hours before you go to bed, which of course, intermittent fasting can really help you do that. All right. A few more testimonials. Rachel, I was nervous about trying intermittent fasting because I was nursing a baby, but I'm really glad I experimented with it because I have found that it's been great for postpartum weight loss and it hasn't interfered at all with my milk production. Doing Slim Team in combination with intermittent fasting helped me get back to my pre-baby weight. Super awesome. Congrats to Rachel. And she mentioned Slim Team, which is Meal Mentor's official weight loss program. If you want to learn more, go to the website. Okay, so some more testimonials. Dash. After practicing intermittent fasting for over a year, I started binging. I ate out of fear of not being able to make it until 10 the next morning. I think intermittent fasting is a fantastic stepping stone to being more mindful. Emily. I previously tried it but didn't have good experience with intermittent fasting until coupling it with the meal plans. Knowing I won't starve and can live eating less frequently has been a huge, wonderful thing in overcoming that deprivation mindset. Mona. I started intermittent fasting because I was at a plateau and intermittent fasting quickly broke through it. I am also a fitness instructor and had bought into the you need to eat every two to three hours to keep your metabolism stoked theory. Lindsay's podcast on that topic were eye-opening for me. I know some people have felt intermittent fasting triggered binging. I was afraid of that happening because in the past, if I got really hungry, I would end up eating much more than I should and still never feel like I got ahead of my hunger. But it hasn't played at all that way for me with intermittent fasting. And from another fitness expert, Melinda. Initially, I used intermittent fasting to overcome some serious hedonic cycling after contest prep for figure shows. I was incapable of eating mindfully, so the only solution that worked for me was eating in a small window. I'm not as rigid now. Having to journal food is triggering for me, so the meal plan approach is better. Lynn. My experience has been that intermittent fasting adds no extra benefit to following the meal plans. It ended up being an extra layer of restrictive rules and complications to what was already working for me with the meal plans. I think intermittent fasting might be an advantage to anyone who is just eating freely. With the meal plans, that is not the case. Having the meal plans frees me up from having to add in other diet disciplines. The plans have a certain amount of food. I just eat when I am hungry and have found no difference in trying to time my meal. Now for some frequently asked questions that members submitted because I didn't answer enough questions about intermittent fasting in season one. So here are the questions and you may have had some of these yourself. Number one, will intermittent fasting work if I only do it on some days? 
Like anything in life, the more you put into it, the more you will get out of it. And putting in half the effort doesn't always mean you get half the results. If season one taught us anything, it's that a million variables are always in play, and sometimes they create a combination lock where you need to get all the numbers right. Of course, doing something is still better than doing nothing, if for no other reason than it helps you figure out the right combination while steadily building good habits. Number two, coffee. Can you have coffee in the morning part of the fast? Yes, or any time as long as it's black. Same for tea and herbal tea. As long as you're not adding creamers or milks or sugars or some other calorie source to it, feel free to have some. Number three, can you drink water during intermittent fasting? Yes, absolutely. Number four, is it true I can have 50 calories without breaking the fast? 50 calories would likely kick you out of the fasting state, especially if you are female or a shorter or smaller person. The safest amount is less than 20 calories, but you don't want to eat in your fasted state and start getting into that sort of gambling mindset of thinking you have 20 calories to play with. I guess what I'm trying to convey here is if you accidentally have a breath mint in the fasting window, you're probably okay. And you don't need to worry about the few calories in toothpaste or your herbal tea or if you have to take some sort of a medication. Likewise, I don't want you to assume because something has zero calories that you can now have tons of it. For example, there were a few people who said that they started binging on things like gum or diet sodas or even packets of mustard or pickles or sauerkraut because it said it had zero calories and they were in their fasted window, but they were hungry or they wanted to eat or something. And so they were sort of going into that kind of behavior. And I really, really want to thank all the members who came forward with such, um, you know, awesome, candid experience, because I think a lot of people don't want to ever talk about the downsides when they try stuff, but this can definitely happen. And if it happens to you, you need to stop intermittent fasting. All right. Number four, can I start my intermittent fasting window at different times each day? Actually, I think that was question five, but same, same. So the top goal with intermittent fasting is to have a 16-hour fast. That is, you go 16 whole hours from your last meal to your next meal the next day. This 16-hour time stretch is so long that it can be really difficult to shift your eight-hour feeding window, especially without a lot of forethought and preparation, including planning to cut the before windows day shorter and waiting even more hours on the next day to start. And that's a lot of work. You more or less want your window to be as similar as possible as you can day to day, not only for your personal ease, but because your body becomes more efficient that way. Your body really likes predictability, and the more consistent you are, the better your experience will be and the more success you'll have. Uh, Sort of imagine how stressed out you'd be if the bus or your favorite TV show was on a slightly different time every time it played. It would make you crazy. It's so much easier to sort of plan when you know that Friends is coming on at 8 o'clock on Thursdays. Next question, how do you choose the best window? This really does come down to what your schedule looks like. It's very much a personal preference. When I was intermittent fasting regularly, I really liked the 11 to 7 window because I could still go out to lunch with my friends at work or I could go to brunch on weekends, which my friends love to do brunch. And I also had it just late enough that I could still eat dinner at night with my husband who does not do intermittent fasting. And I could also go out with friends if I wanted. But um, 10 to 6 and 12 to 8 are also really, really popular. Next question. How many meal mentor meals do you eat during your window? So I asked the members who intermittent fast what they do, and here's what they said. And this also sort of kind of answers that previous question too. 
Globally, it seems that most of them have their breakfast at the start of the window, which is about 10 or 11. Then they do lunch about two hours later, such as 12 or 1, with dinner being towards the end of their window, such as when they got home for work around 5.30 or 6. Here's what people said specifically. Maureen, my usual routine is overnight oats around 10, lunch around 2, dinner at 5.30. Lydia, I eat lunch around 12.15, overnight oats around 4 to 5 p.m., and supper around 7 to 8 p.m. Laura, overnight oats around 9 a.m., lunch around 12, and dinner around 5 when I get home from work. Felicia, most days I eat oatmeal at 12, a meal mentor meal at 3 to 4, and another meal mentor meal around 8. Sarah, I only eat two meals, lunch and dinner, plus snacks. Shelly, it varies. I don't practice set meals or meal times. Instead, I focus on staying within my calories during the eight-hour window. Meredith, I eat two meals, no breakfast. Brandy, I get up at 5 a.m., but I don't eat until 10. I eat at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 6.30 p.m. You've been listening to Shortcut to Slim, brought to you by GetMealPlans.com. Download your free research-based meal plan at GetMealPlans.com and leave the guesswork and science to me. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon, and I'll be back, yes, that's right, with season two in just a few weeks. If you've liked what you've heard, please do me a favor and rate season one on iTunes. It really, really helps. You can get more info about this and other episodes, including links to research and book suggestions at GetMealPlans.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening.